Well, we are in for a real treat this morning, and it's not that you get to see me dressed in shorts, <laughs> but the second best treat is the fact that Wayside and Maranatha Bible Church now for several years, actually for several decades, have enjoyed a pulpit exchange uh, with senior pastors uh, Steve Troxell and Roger Poupard going to preach over at Maranatha Bible Church and Rander Draper, the founding pastor of Maranatha Bible Church, coming to preach here. Um, Rander is the founding pastor of Maranatha some 30 years ago, and uh, but his greatest claim to fame is that he has been married to his beautiful wife, Darlene, for almost 41 years now, next February. Why don't you stand, Darlene, and everybody see who she is. Thank you. And I also want to acknowledge uh, Maranatha's Minister of Music, Benjamin Sikandi. Benjamin, if you would stand up. Thank you. Yeah. And as uh, Rander makes his way up here to the pulpit, if you've never heard this man preach, he preaches the Word of God. When I think of where the Scripture says, preach the Word, this man not only preaches the Word, but he sings the truth of God's Word as well. But he is a dear, dear friend of Wayside. And as I greeted him this morning, I also complimented him on one of my favorite, if not the favorite color, burnt orange. That, thank you so much. So we know where his allegiance lies. Yeah, yeah. Rander, thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. It's so wonderful to be back among friends. It's good to be here again. I'm just delighted and elated uh, to, to be here. Thank God for the long tenured relationship that we've had down through the years and I don't minimize the least little bit the coming here and in times where so much racial divide and division uh, the church needs to set the example of what it means to operate in the unity of the spirit amen <clears throat> let's pray father we thank you for the privilege of dispensing the gospel we thank you for uh, the longevity of our relationship uh, here with this church in Maranatha. And who am I to stand here? You can use multitudes of people, and I'm just still amazed that you would use little old me. <clears throat> Thank you, Father, for this divine privilege that I don't take lightly, and uh, help me uh, to preach with clarity and authority. Uh, fill me with your spirit now in Jesus' name. And all God's children said... <clears throat> You have your Bibles, turn with us, if you'd be so kind enough, to Psalms 92, verses 12 through 15, and you'll find these words. The scripture says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. 
And from this particular passage of scripture, we want to preach the value of grandparents impacting the next generation for Christ. To all the grandparents and great-grandparents and even parents here today, what a blessed privilege that you uh, have been here long enough to see not only your children, but your grandchildren and some of you, your great-grandchildren and beyond. And you say, well, perhaps, perhaps you're saying, I'm not a grandparent. Well, there's something tucked in here for you as well, so don't dismiss the message, please. But you grandparents, particularly, you have lived not only years, but decades, and even to see the changing of the millennium. For example, if a millennial came up and asked you, when were you born? And if you told them the truth, I'm gonna just take an arbitrary year, let's just say 1945. Uh, that millennial would respond to you by saying, wow, you're old. <laughs> Especially in light of 2018. Uh, you have seen so much in your lifetime. For example, you have seen the increased cost of living in 1945, a new house cost between uh, $4,600 and $10,000. You could rent a house for $60 a month. The average electric bill was $4.58. How about that today? <laughs> a new car cost $1,020 and gas was 15 cents a gallon. In 1945, the average wage was 40 cents per hour or $16 for a 40-hour work week. Regrettably, also you have seen the degeneration of a culture right in the midst of your eyes. Now many of you young people do not know this, but you grandparents do very well. Remember the TV show, I Love Lucy? When they slept in separate beds in full pajamas. <laughs> wow, that's hardly seen today. However, today you cannot turn on the television and, 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 and you'll see partial or full nudity. The excessive use of profanity and vulgarity knows no bounds. Then you have the graphic violence on television, the movie industry uh, portraying violence and, and, and blood and such things, uh, murder. And then you have video games where you have blood, guts, gore, and rolling heads. Television commercials promoting products such as hamburgers, hair care, cars, clothing, and alcohol are often glamorized through sex to sell their products. And on and on it goes. Grandparents, we've really seen a lot. In light of all this, the question we must pose is, what does God require of grandparents to impact this culture in this generation? Let me give you a few insights as it relates and connects with the passage. Number one, the Lord requires that you be saved and live righteously before him. The Lord requires that you be saved and live righteously before him. The scripture says in Psalms 92:12a, the righteous... The righteous, those two first, first two words, the righteous. A righteous person is one who has been saved. He or she is just. He or she is justified. Uh, the righteous is one 
who has been redeemed by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Grandparents, it is our prayer that you have a personal relationship with the Lord in this season of your life. You are the age you are by the grace of God, and you should return thanks by receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You just didn't happen to get the age you are. God ordained your age, and you ought to be thankful for the privilege of being here to impact the next generation to the glory of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. After salvation, God requires that you surrender your life to Christ and give him the best of your service now. Even you children and even you grandchildren out there, even you parents, you need to give God the best of your service too. As, as you sit in the house of God, you ought to be determined to give him the best of your service. You cannot as grandparents, impact this generation for Christ unless you have an authentic, genuine, personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, God requires you to flourish in this season of your life. The scripture says in Psalms 92, 12a, the righteous shall flourish, flourish like a palm tree. But I want to look at that word flourish. You as grandparents have a reservoir of life experiences. Hopefully you are full of wisdom by now, the knowledge of God by now. Hopefully you are full of the word of God. Colossians 3.16a says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. The most wonderful thing you can see is a grandparent or great-grandparent that's full of the word, and every time they talk, the word just flows from them. This means you should be literally flourishing to your God-given potential, using the Holy Scriptures to make a difference in this troubled generation and generations to come. In this season of your life, grandparents, you should be flourishing. The Scripture says it. To flourish is to thrive. You, You ought to be prospering. You ought to be making a spiritual investment in your family, in the Lord's church, if you're still working in the workplace, and even in your retirement years. You're not just to sit, soak, and sour. That's nothing like a mean, old, grouchy person. <laughs> smile. What, the children need to see you smiling. It is one thing to talk about how terrible things are and how bad the youth are in America, and that's true. But, oh, yeah, 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 really, really. But how are you using your spiritual gifts and talents that God has deposited into you to bring value in this particular generation that God has put you in? Thirdly, you grandparents are likened to the cedar of Lebanon, which is a tall evergreen tree prized for its high-quality timber, oils, and resins for thousands of years. Psalms 92.12b says, He shall grow. Grandparents, are you growing? 
Are you maturing? Are you seasoned now? There's no fool like an old fool. This season of your life, you ought to be giving the best of yourself to the glory of God. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The cedar of Lebanon grow because they remain planted in one place. As grandparents, if you are going to make an investment in our youth, you need to be planted in one church long enough to grow and reach your potential for Christ to affect our youth for righteousness. Psalms 92.13 says, those who are planted, that's a key word, planted in the house of the Lord, shall flourish. Many do not uh, flourish because they are not planted. They, they, they go from church to church to church to church. They go to this church because they like the nursery. They like this. They go to this church because the preacher is cool. They go to this church because they like the music. They go to this church because they like the parking. They go to this church because they like the you. They go to this church because the preacher is handsome. You know. But how do you develop roots? Being all over the place like that. You need to be planted in the house of the Lord if you expect to flourish. I pose a question to you. When is the last time you came to the Lord's house four consecutive Sundays on time? That's a rarity. Do not expect to flourish if you are not planted in the house of the Lord. If you are a spiritual weakling, you cannot help your grandchildren to grow and reach their potential for Christ. This is no time to be weak, grandparents. It's no time to be transient. Uh, Those who were planted in the courtyard of the temple symbolized the thriving condition of those who maintain a close relationship with the Lord. In other words, you are to be living in daily communion, grandparents and parents alike, and youth, you too. You ought to be living in daily communion with the Lord, drawing strength and sustenance from him to grow to your full stature in Christ. Listen, grandparents. Age should not diminish your fruit-bearing capabilities. You need to write that down. Age should not diminish your fruit-bearing capabilities. As a cedar in Lebanon produces high-quality timber and oil, young people should see in parents and grandparents strength. You, 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 you... those who look upon you, grandparents, and even parents, should see, should, the children should see your stability, your quality, and Christ in our speech, in our dress, in our conduct, in our attitude, in our character. Fourthly, God requires you to still bear fruit in this season of your life. He still requires that you bear fruit in this very season of your life. That's why he left all of us here to bear fruit. Psalms 92, 14 says, they shall still bear fruit in old age. Now, I know some of you don't like to be called old, but you're old. 
You, you can dye it up, fluff it up, you can make it up, you can stick needles all in you, but you still, you, you, you old. David didn't say I once was young, but now I'm young at heart. I once was young, but now I'm seasoned. He says I once was young, but now I'm old. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. If you are negligent in maintaining your freshness and vitality before the Lord, you will grow stale, grandparents and parents alike. You will be unproductive. You must refuse to believe the lie that you're too old to be used by God. The days are too evil for you to be coasting or even quitting. According to Genesis 7, 6, chapter 7, verse 6, Noah was almost 500 years old. Listen, so stop talking about you old. You're not 500. <laughs> Noah was almost 500 years old when he started building the ark and was 600 years old when the floodwaters came. This shows that you are not too old to be mightily used of God. Nelson Mandela was a revolutionary who did not see the fruit of his labor until much later in life. In 1994, after spending 26 years in prison, and when he was almost 76 years old, Mandela was elected president of South Africa in the first election that was open to all races in that country's history. You're not too old. In 1979, at the age of 69, Mother Teresa received the Nobel Peace Prize for her work with the poor in Calcutta, India. The great uh, Spanish painter Pablo Picasso produced some of his greatest works at the age of 90. Wow! Arthur Rubinstein, the great Polish-American pianist, gave one of his greatest recitals at the age of 89. In Exodus chapter 3, God called Moses at the age of 80. In Joshua chapter 14, verse 12, Caleb was 85 when he said, Give me this mountain! When thinking about being 85, therefore refuse to believe the lie of Satan that you're too old to be used by God. Psalms 92, 14 says, They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Grandparents, it is not over until you cross the finish line right into the presence of the Lord. My friend, you are, are you bearing fruit in this season of your life? If not, you need to make up your mind to start bearing fruit today. Number five, as grandparents, you need to use every God-given moment to personally testify as to who the Lord is to you and what he has done for you to cultivate spirituality in your grandchildren. As grandparents, you need to use every God-given opportunity, every moment, to personally testify as to who the Lord is to you and what he has done for you to cultivate spirituality in your grandchildren uh, as you hand down your faith to them. Psalms 92.15 says, to declare, look at that word, to declare that the Lord is upright, to declare that he is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. You as grandparents must declare who God is and why you believe God and why he is the only way to heaven. You must declare and testify 
to, the grand, to your grandchildren who needs to hear a word from the Lord through you. Grant so that they can be great in the kingdom. You need to declare how great your God is. You must declare how mighty your God is. And the same God who took care of you is able to take care of your grandchildren if they would follow him with their whole hearts. You must also tell your grandchildren that the Lord is the only rock upon which they can build their lives in the midst of a changing, shifting culture with the legalization of drugs, political correctness. Christ is the only rock. In the midst of self-absorption, Christ is the only rock. In the midst of transgenderism, Christ is the only rock. In the midst of same-sex marriages, Christ is the only rock. In the midst of compromise, in the age of compromise, Christ is the only rock. Where sin is glamorized, Christ is the only rock. As patriarchs and matriarchs in our families, it is imperative that we make much of Christ to our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. And to you teenagers out there, to you young adults out there, uh, to you who are not grandparents, one of the wisest things you can do is ask the Lord to give you a, a, a grandparent that can mentor you. They've been walking with the Lord a long time, young folk. Uh, 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 they're full of wisdom. They're full of life experiences. Therefore, cultivate a relationship with a grandparent who can tell you some things you don't know. You're not wise if you run in with everybody that's your age. You need someone 20 years your senior. They dumb just like you. They, you, they, you, need, you need somebody who who's old enough to tell you some things because they've been there. Number six, especially in this season of your life, you as grandparents need to increase your time in the presence of the Lord. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. As you sit in the presence of God, the Lord will reveal spiritual insights and principles from the scripture which will provide direction for you grandparents out there as well as children. As you sit before the Lord, you'll gain spiritual strength, encouragement. God will give you contentment as you sit in his presence. He will reveal the will of God for your life as you sit in his presence. The Lord will reveal to you grandparents how to minister to your children, how to deal with the difficulties in your children's life. God will give you rest and you won't worry when you sit in his presence. He will console you. There are grandparents out here today, perhaps you have troubled hearts. Maybe your heart is heavy. Maybe you're like that old spiritual that says, nobody knows the trouble I see. Nobody knows but Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty 30 says, come unto me. You who are hurting, you who are weary, you who are at a crossroad, you who, who, are, who, who, who don't know which way to go, major decisions, who are frustrated, 
who are, who, who are grieving in your heart. Jesus says, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Number seven, grandparents, the most spiritual thing you can do is to pray for your grandchildren. To pray with your grandchildren. To lay hands and pray on your grandchildren at every given opportunity. Pray, pray, pray. I can still hear my grandma, Emma, who's been with the Lord a long time. I can still hear my grandma praying. She didn't have a degree. She didn't, she didn't have the English. And, and she, she didn't have a, people didn't know her. But I, I could hear her as a child. Lord, bless my children. Lord, I need you now. Show me how to love my babies. Broken English. But I remember her praying for me. And I'm here today because of my grandmother's prayers. I'm in this pulpit today because of my mother's prayers. Hannah prayed in 1 Samuel 1, 27. For this child I prayed and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I ask of him. It's a wonderful thing indeed when your grandchildren can remember your prayers, grandparents. Your prayers will make an impact on, on them long after you've departed to be with the Lord. Therefore, grandparents, bathe your, your, your children and your grandchildren in prayer. Do whatever you can with the Holy Spirit's enablement to help your grandchildren as much as possible. When the children has given up on them, don't you give up on them. You may have to do what your children are not in position to do, grandparents. Thank Jesus that he has left you here long enough to be a blessing to your grandchildren today. And you parents out there, don't respect your parents. You children out there, don't respect your, your parents. And parents, don't respect your grandparents. And don't respect, disrespect your parents. Never disrespect or dishonor your parents. Allow them access. Allow grandparents ac access into your children's lives. Allow them to invest in your children's lives. Don't keep the grandchildren away from the grandparents. Don't do evil to the grandparents. Grandparents, you are the pillars of, uh, of the family. God is counting on you. God is counting on you. Number eight, a godly grandparent must be willing to fight to preserve the spiritual foundation of your children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. A godly grandparent must be willing to fight to preserve the spiritual foundation of your children, uh, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 4, 14 says, And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your children, your sons, your daughters, 
your wives and your houses. Grandparents, Satan desires to destroy you and your family, and he will use everything at his disposal to do it. If you're not willing to fight for the very souls of your family, then you will lose your future posterity that God has entrusted to you. The scripture says uh, in, in Psalms 11, 3, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Grandparents, you are the pillars who are, who are responsible for giving your descendants a spiritual foundation, which is the word of God and is the only sure foundation upon which they can stand in this degenerating society and culture. Finally, but not the least, to you parents and grandparents, it will be absolutely impossible to survive these troubled times unless you hold on ever so tightly to the promises of the word of God and never let them go. To you parents and grandparents and great-grandparents, it will be absolutely impossible to survive these troubled times unless you hold on ever so tightly to the word of God, the promises of God, and never let them go. Allow me to give you a few scripture promises to encourage you in your walk with God. First of all, you have the assurance of God's presence. I want you to know that. You have the assurance of God's presence, grandparents and parents. Joshua 1 9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid. Nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Another promise. You have the assurance of God's peace. The Gospel of John chapter 14 verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The third promise is, the, is that the promises of God will remove your fear. Proverbs 3, 24 through 26 says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Here's another promise to hold on to. The promises of God relieve worry and anxiety. For Philippians 4, 6, 7 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Here's one more promise for you. The promises of God gives you the assurance of your eternal home in heaven. Grandparents, you ought to be so excited that you are ever so close to going to be with Jesus. Why on this side of heaven do you want to stay here with all these aches and pains? Revelation 21, 1 through 4 says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there were no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. 
and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God and will wipe, every, and wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. That's why I want to, be, want to go to heaven. No more death. No more sorrow. No more sadness. No more grief. No crying. No more tears. No more pains, grandparents. Some of you have arthritis and glaucoma, perhaps you're on dialysis, your reaction to medication, you forget what pill you take when, you, 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 get, you get them all mixed up, then you drop pills and can't find them. Uh, one shot, flu shot, pneumonia shot, this kind of shot, that kind of shot, your shot shots. <laughs> no more hospitals. No more doctors, no more evaluations, no more, no more energy, no, no imageries, no more, no more cancer, no, no more migraines. None of these things. No more pain. For the former things are passed away. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound for me. On that bright and cloudless morn, his face I'll see. When the saved of the earth shall gather in the air, when the roll is called of yonder, I'll be there. The closer I get to heaven, the more excited I am. And I want to pour everything I have in this generation. And when I leave, I can say, I've done what I could in this generation. And all God's children said, amen. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you for this message. Some of these young folks saying, well, he talked about grandparents, but they keep saying good morning. They'll find themselves there. This message is for everybody. There's so many young people that need a grandparent. They need to ask God to give them one. They need to be discipled by a grandparent who loves the Lord, who's been walking with the Lord, who's had some trials and tribulations who's been down some of those same roads. Father, help these grandparents to know that they have purpose, that they have value, that they have worth, that this is their moment. Help them to rise up and take their place. Let them not sit soaking sour. To help them not to coast to heaven but to give all of what you've deposited into them. That they would make a difference to people who need the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, In the morning When I rise
in the morning when I rise in the morning when I rise just give me Jesus Give me Jesus. I need my Jesus. You can have all this old world down here. Just give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. And when I am afraid, oh, when I get afraid, I need my G, G, Jesus, give me G. Give me Jesus. And when I come to die, oh, when I breathe my last and And when I lay down and die, woo, give me G, G, Jesus, give me G. Give me Jesus. You, 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 you can have all this whole world. You 
can have everything I've got down here. Bless you.